This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Well, this is the third and final part of a recent conversation that I had with attorney Matt Clark with the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty. Clark recently filed an amicus brief to support Alabama's argument when it comes to the congressional redistricting map case that went before the U.S. Supreme Court. The state argued that the congressional district map was drawn along the lines of other approved congressional maps in the past and does not violate the Federal Voters' Rights Act of 1965. However, the plaintiffs contend that it does. In the brief that was filed by the ACLL, Clark challenged the U.S. Supreme Court to throw out the previous ways that congressional districts have been drawn in the past. Clark says the precedents that were set in past years with these maps are founded on a false premise of race. If the Supreme Court's precedents require us to um, engage in intentional uh, racial gerrymandering with how we draw districts, that's unconstitutional. That, that violates the constitutional guarantee of equal protection of the laws um, because it, it's, it, it's requiring the state to engage in racial discrimination with how it does business. And, and that's the chief evil that um, the 14th Amendment was designed to eliminate. Um, and so the, the state kind of raised that as, as a backup. Uh, the way that the state made their arguments was they, they tried to argue, look, technically your precedents are fine, but there's been some confusion, so we want to keep your precedents, but we just want to reframe them in a certain way. But kind of as a backup argument, they said, if you're not willing to buy that, then you need to consider uh, whether um, the, uh, the, your precedents are you know, unconstitutional or not. And we came along, and we hit that point really, really hard, saying, no, your, your, your precedents are not fine. They are patently unconstitutional. We're going to tell you why, and we're going to tell you how to fix them. So anyway, uh, so I'm bi- I may be a little bit biased because I've been on the case, and I'm, I'm you know, arguing about what my organization did, but I picked those arguments because I thought they were the strongest. When it comes to the U.S. Supreme Court in Alabama, a recent ruling in favor of a Washington State high school football coach who prayed on the field after a game now has the group Freedom From Religion Foundation sending out memos to schools throughout the nation, including here in Alabama. The FFRF is actively warning any teachers or school officials that they could go too far in how they interpret or act upon the ruling that was in favor of the coach and against the Bremerton School District. The Supreme Court ultimately found that the school district violated Coach Kennedy's free speech and First Amendment rights when he was fired from his coaching job for praying in public on the school campus. The FFRF sent out memos to over 6,000 school districts in 14 states, including Alabama, in which it stated that those people who don't want to push God on others would not attempt to take advantage of this ruling from the Supreme Court, which the FFRF described as egregious. The FFRF is even encouraging students at these schools to take action and report any suspicious behavior by the teachers or administrators, which, just for context, is not about any criminal or unethical behavior, but about praying to God. A professor at UAB is walking back some comments made at a medical conference this year regarding a transgender teen suicide. Marissa Jean Ladinsky is a specialist at UAB's LGBTQ Mental Health and Wellness Clinic. Ladinsky spoke at a pediatrics conference about the suicide of Leela Alcorn back in 2014. She called it a bold decision since the teen struggled with gender dysphoria. 
1890 News made those video statements public earlier this week in an article written by Craig Monger. Now Ladinsky says she regrets her choice of words spoken at that conference and never meant it to be interpreted to glorify self-harm. Ladinsky now says that suicide is devastating and she wants anyone who is struggling to know that help is always available. A Colbert County manufacturing plant is going to get $117 million from the U.S. Department of Energy in order to build electric vehicle batteries. Anovian will produce the lithium-ion batteries after it first produces 35,000 tons of synthetic graphite anodes each year. Anovian CEO Eric Stopka told AL.com that the Colbert County plant will be the largest of its kind in North America. The facility should be up and running by 2025. A graphite processing plant is also in the works in Alexander City. Construction on that plant started earlier this year. So right now, China holds the market when it comes to electric vehicle batteries. These two projects that are starting up in Alabama will be bringing a portion of the EV production back to the U.S. And there are now six days left before the Matt Walsh tour comes to Alabama. That tour is called What is a Woman? The Young Americans for Freedom are sponsoring Walsh's event. They say the conservative commentator will be pushing back at the indoctrination regarding gender ideology on college campuses, as well as bring a harsh dose of reality to the student body, professors, and local community. Walsh has been speaking at various college campuses ever since his documentary, What is a Woman?, came out this past June. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news... Earlier this week, President Joe Biden announced that he is ordering the release of more oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Now, U.S. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is looking to block that action, saying that Biden is making this move to manipulate the midterm elections. McCarthy spoke on the Hugh Hewitt show where he says a safeguard needs to be created through legislation in order to stop the executive branch from using the strategic petroleum for purposes other than an emergency. What if we had a hurricane? What if we had uh, a situation that, ex- that went further when it came to war or others? He has just jeopardized the American people. So we're going to have to safeguard that, that you cannot use that for your political gain. It would to be used what it's supposed to. The SPR is at its lowest level since 1984, coming in at around 400 million barrels that are left. It peaked out in 2010 with a total of 726 million barrels. When it comes to Congress, Republicans are introducing legislation to restrict federal funding of sexually explicit materials in educational programs for children. Stop the Sexualization of Children Act is sponsored by Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson and reads that no federal funds can be made available to develop, implement, facilitate, or fund any sexually oriented program, event, or literature for children under the age of 10. Since there's recently been a series of videos posted by outraged parents that involve drag queens interacting with children in a disturbing manner, this new legislation from Johnson also includes any individual who exposes children to nudity, stripping, or lewd dancing. Congressman Johnson says his bill is to counter the Democrat Party's crusade to immerse young children in sexual imagery and radical gender ideology. Also happening in the U.S. House, Republicans who are part of the House Judiciary Committee are calling in a former FBI official who has turned whistleblower about that agency. The whistleblower says that the Biden administration pushed that agency to find cases and label them as domestic terrorism or cases involving white supremacy. 
Another whistleblower recently spoke to the Washington Times about the quota on labels, saying that the demand by the Biden administration for agents to find white supremacists here in the U.S. vastly outstrips the actual supply of white supremacists. Another whistleblower says he was told that if a person owns a gun and flies the Gadsden flag and is mean at a school board meeting, that they're probably a domestic terrorist. Dr. Robert Malone is the inventor of the mRNA delivery system when it comes to injections. Malone has also become vocally opposed to administering the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine because of their inefficacy, as well as the damage that is done to a person's health. Dr. Malone has also been adamantly opposed to injecting children with the COVID-19 vaccine, so he has recently weighed in on the Center for Disease Control and its advisory board as they consider whether or not to approve COVID-19 vaccines as part of the vaccination program for children to attend school. Malone spoke on Real America's Voice. The logic of why they're doing this is a head-scratcher for anybody that is actually data-based, but it appears to involve two core things. One is, in the event that they stop the declaration of emergency, the liability protection will vanish for these companies that have been deploying these experimental products And so if they can get it approved and recommended down to the pediatric cohort, then they acquire a different type of liability protection. So it allows legal coverage uh, for the vaccine companies. And the other thing that it does is it mandates that Congress will pay for the uh, purchase of these vaccines. Because as you'll recall, the will of Congress has been to say basically, hell no, We're not going to continue to fund the White House to buy vaccines. So this is a backdoor way to get additional liability coverage and a backdoor way to force the American taxpayer to buy these vaccines and deploy them in children. Just this past Thursday, the advisory board did vote unanimously to approve those vaccines for the children's immunization schedule. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News If you are enjoying the daily detail and want to make sure the reports come up easily on your electronic device, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on the main page of the daily detail on whatever podcasting app you've been using to listen. That could be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other podcasting apps. You can also get the word out about the daily detail by sending a link to a friend or dropping me a five-star rating. I surely do appreciate it. I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again on Monday. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 